0: Hello and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Michelle Dang. And my name is Christina Amiot. And we'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for
1: tuning in. Hey Michelle, it's nice to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you too. Me and Michelle had our news training together and you should tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Okay, um, so my name is Rochelle. Uh, I am a first year pharmacy student. Um, let's see, what else? Yeah, I'm really into music, baking, um, especially bread baking. and knitting. Yeah, I love bread. What kind
1: of bread is your
0: favorite? Milk bread. What is milk bread? It's like bread, but with milk in it. Okay. It's <laughs>
1: pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Christina? Tell me a bit about yourself. My name is Christina. Uh, I've lived in Edmonton all of my life. CJSR has been a big part of my life for over half of it now. And uh, I really like rocks. What kind of rocks? Anything I can really find. Um, Most that I find in Edmonton is a lot of petrified wood, some really nice pieces of agate. Petrified wood is awesome. And I suggest anyone listening out there to go out there and hunt some rocks since Edmonton is so chock full of petrified wood. Just little information that Admit Eve is Edmonton's feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. On this week's episode,
0: we're featuring part two of our conversations on the topic of the relationship that we have with our body. To tell us more about this, we're featuring a group discussion that Rosie Eva and Lisa had um,
1: with some wonderful and knowledgeable folks who are going to talk about fat activism. That's right. Lisa and Rose Eva sat down with Lauren Groves, Allison Tunis, Michelle Kennedy, and Karen Kirkpatrick. In the previous conversation, they talked about how the way the medical system views fat bodies is perpetrating a lot of harm. In this week's episode, we'll continue the conversation. The discussion starts off with the question, what are the repercussions for being outwardly fatphobic?
0: To give a quick definition, fatphobia is the fear or dislike of folks living
1: in fat bodies. Enjoy this conversation about fat activism.
2: Yeah, I'll start off by saying my name is Roseva from Adamant Eve. I'm a producer, been a producer for six years with Lisa.
3: Yeah, my name's Lisa. Uh, like Khalifa said, we produce here at Adventive, Eve, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to meet very cool people like the people we have in studio today. My name's uh, Lauren. I am a uh, registered provisional psychologist,
4: and uh, just happy to be here today. Awesome. My name is Allison Tunis. I am a local artist, and in fact, activist is, I guess, what I do, and also... Yeah, community artist is what I like to say. <laughs>
5: uh, my name is Michelle. I am a student counselor, psychologist, whatever right now, um, and I talk a lot about bodies in the world.
6: I'm Karen Kirkpatrick, also a registered provisional psychologist, and working as a mental health therapist for Alberta Health Services. And I'd like to also identify as a fat activist.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Of curious as in sorts of other kinds of activism where at a point now in society where if you say something homophobic or transphobic, there will be huge consequences for that. If a politician says that, um, you know, on social media and they say something that is discriminatory towards one group, there's a huge backlash. I mean, <laughs> depending. Um, but in fact, activism, do you think there is that same sort of place where there is that rallying cry if someone says something discriminatory?
4: I'm sorry. I was just going to say, have you seen our health minister and the comments
5: that have come out about her? Oh, yeah. When Sarah Hoffman was named health minister, it was horrific, the things that were said about her. Like, how can she be the health minister? She's clearly unhealthy. And it was like, how do you know what Sarah Hoffman's health measures are? Um, I often sort of joke, you know, very (laughs) – I use that. I hold that word very tentatively, um, that, like, fat phobia is, like, the last great – phobia that you are allowed to be as public as you want you can be like the most disgusting fat phobic person in the entire world and people will go like they just care about your health that's like it's this like moralizing disgusting and it's it is completely socially acceptable to be fat phobic
3: and it's not even that but people are profiting off of it yeah
2: Go on. <laughs> I'll I'll set
3: that up better. How do you mean by profiting? There's a market for making people feel badly about their bodies in order to sell them products to fix the problem that they themselves have created for you. Like, they're saying that maybe you were okay with your body before, but now we're saying, oh, but didn't you know that this is the way that your body is wrong? These are the ways that, that your body should be, be looking. Um, and here's the product, here's the solution that we have for you. And it is billions of dollars in in that industry. Yeah, saying that, um, I mean, there's like you, we mentioned uh, quite a bit back, the moral, uh, like there's so much like moralistic standards that get tied up in health as well, is that the people who are performing health appropriately are the ones that are the good people. Um, And I think what that ties in for me is when uh, you were asking um, earlier about... The privileges, or not, sorry, privileges, uh, discrimination, and how is, is fat phobia the last great stand of, of things that are access, acceptable. I think that as a society, we've come to realize that there's a lot of things in terms of difference that we we cannot change right like for a long time um, specifically um, people in like sexual minority communities it was considered like oh you just try hard enough then you can you can change and you can be normal and all this kind of stuff and um, then people realized, oh wait no like sexual orientation and things like that are, are innate qualities. It's, it's just a way of being like anything else and then homophobia started to become more of a, of a thing you're not allowed to do because if you are you're a terrible. Person, or if you do, you're a terrible person. But I think with fat phobia, we are still very much tied up in this concept of choice and how it's like it's not something that you're you're born with um we're we're not respecting or identifying the diversity of bodies that are even coded into our, our genetic codes and the way that our bodies are looking different because they're adapting to different things and we're just we're grown in different environments and um even just how that's tied into things like racism as well with the way that our our body shapes differ depending on what our ancestry is and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, so I think that it is considered to be acceptable because it's it's something that mainstream society thinks that you have some control over.
5: And I think one of the arguments like going off what Lauren said that I hear a lot is like, well, I'm paying for you to be so unhealthy. Like I'm paying for your fat every time you go to the doctor or if you need to be in the hospital because of how fat you are, I'm paying for that. And it's like. Well, A, I also pay taxes. <laughs> yes. Um. So, no, I'm paying for that. And the thing is, like, we don't owe anyone our health. Like, we don't – I don't owe anyone my health. I don't owe anyone my health if I choose to have a cigarette. I don't owe anyone my health if I choose to do heroin. Like, yeah. I have a right to the autonomy of my body. And if I – if that – if choices that I make or don't make – um because i'm not even going to like entertain the notion that like i could make a different choice about my body right. but um if if choices that i make or don't make or refuse to make or what however you want language you want to use that like causes me to need to use healthcare um i've paid for that and that is my right as a member of this society and and i'm not taking away from someone else because i Access. Access healthcare. And I'm not suddenly unentitled to access healthcare because I have a fat body. When people
4: bring up that topic to me, like that argument specifically, I always pull out the, nobody gets mad at extreme sports players. Like they are doing things that are highly risky and extremely dangerous and they often get hurt and go to the hospital. I'm and nobody gets angry at them. I at mean, Sidney
5: Crosby's concussions. Clearly, I am the very angry the about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but.
3: if we start picking and choosing the things that we want to cover and the things that we don't, our health system, our health care, it it breaks down so fast, and suddenly we have. Systems that are very similar to other places that are not working so well right now where our most marginalized people are being denied access to healthcare, And so it's it's one of those things that we all accept by being a Canadian citizen that we're going to be contributing for the health care of all because the health care of all leads to a, a healthy Uh, healthy (laughs) healthy i'm putting healthy in quotes um but you can't see that because that's radio um but um it it contributes to a, a a well society or a a society where people have access to whatever services that they they feel they need for their bodies
6: i was just going to add um at the asda conference again i kept getting brought up the idea of insurance and people not getting insurance based on their BMI. And,
3: and I will we'll note that the ASDA, it's the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. Yes, I That's was the do conference that, too. that we're talking about, and it was held in uh, Oregon.
2: Because I, I feel like, it. thank you for providing that context, Lauren, because the fact that this uh, conference took place in the States, I can
6: imagine those, uh, yeah. the cost issue being. Yeah, was a huge part. So, experience as Canadians in the healthcare. And having, um, you know, coverage, basic coverage is very different than Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just so apparent to me that it's so pressing. And, um, and so the conversations with doctors and how not to be weighed, it's a kind of life and death situation sometimes because people won't get covered and they won't get the medication they need, um... So those those conversations have a bit more weight. Uh-huh. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think, again, you're talking about the uh, intersections of privilege here, that not everybody has the privilege to just fire their doctor if yep. their doctor yep. wants to weigh them.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Or go access fresh organic food and, you know, all of the other things that we... we prioritize fetishize <laughs> is the right word uh, about being healthy is that that's not accessible to everybody or that's not what everybody wants to do either so that's also valid
6: i just think that healthism again could have its own show um and it's becoming that's the whole body positivity it's very tied to healthism and uh, and wellness culture and yeah, I think
2: in terms of, because the theme is relationships to our body, I was also wondering about um, those intersections of body dysphoria and how that kind of, where that enters into the conversation of our relationship to our bodies.
3: So in terms of like talking about body dysphoria and things like that, um, I think the when we had been talking prior to the show, when we had uh, sat down and talked about the idea for this show, I was talking about how uh, the limitations of the body uh, Body-positive community, and um, identifying that one of those limitations is that um, when we're telling everybody that they should love their bodies no matter what, and the and the body that they have is the the, the perfect body for them, and and you're supposed to have that like loving, trusting relationship with your body, um, it is very, I mean, ableist first first of all, um, but it also uh, I think excludes a lot of people. That have a, a more complicated relationship with their body, and specifically talking about like our 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 trans folk um who may be experience I mean they're not exclusively people who experience dysphoria, but um when I'm working in practice with with people um who have a gender minority identity, um, non-binary trans identity, and we're working on developing that trusting relationship with their body. Um, it's very; it, it can be very difficult because I don't want to be sitting there and telling them that their body is exactly the way that it should be, and that if they just love themselves enough, things would be better. Because it's like that's not fair it's not respecting their experience um and it's not it's it's like very almost like reductionist that like that that's all you need to do and then you'll be fine Uh, because it doesn't allow for an exploration of all of the different other systems that are impacting their relationship with their body and um i think in doing that we internalize again we're putting the we're putting the blame on ourselves for not loving our bodies enough as opposed to recognizing what other things are at play that that have disrupted our relationship with our body in the first place thanks so much folks for being here with us today before we close out our time is there anything that we didn't get to that you were hoping to or anything you want to add on I think as we've been saying that there is so much more that we could be talking about, Um, but I have really appreciated the conversation that we have had as well as the, um, and I'm sure that my my co- panelists today will agree with me that this is not uh, a conversation that we get to have very often in our lives um, or even have the space to be able to discuss our experiences as well as share our knowledge on on the subject so uh, I just uh, want to really thank you for the opportunity to have these types of conversations to be able to openly speak about to speak our minds about uh, all of our feelings because there's a lot of them.
6: Likewise, thank you for having us. Um, It was nice to be able to talk about this. Also, I think it's important for whoever is listening out there to know that this is something incredibly personal for me, and it affects me every single day, my lived experience, people in my life. And um, I just hope people start doing their own research and finding community because when you do live in a marginalized body or feel marginalized in any way, the isolation is horrible and there is support out there and there is a place for you. So, um, maybe this will be a stepping stone, but keep your head up. Um, we're here. So I guess you could reach out to the radio station if you need help or support as well.
5: Um, Yeah. I I just want to like, thank you both for having us. And it is like, as Lauren and Karen said, like such a privilege to be able to have this conversation and like be in a room with other people who have a similar, but not the same um, worldview and like similar experiences. And like, I really echo what Karen said, like, while, while we sound very political, like lower P political, and and very, we talk a lot about um, the sort of like systems of oppression and all of those things. Like this is an incredibly personal experience, as well. And like we all go through the world in our bodies, and and we we can't divorce ourselves from our bodies and from from the way and the assumptions that people make about our bodies and so when you're you know on the internet or you're thinking about dating somebody or any of those things like practice a little extra thoughtfulness about the ways that you might be contributing to like some really tender feelings that people have about themselves and and the way they go through the world and like I, I think we can all just like be a little nicer to each other. I think that seems like something we shouldn't have to say, but I just feel like I'm constantly saying like, Hey, be nice, be nicer. And to yourself too. No, it's funny. Cause that's
4: <clears throat> what I was going to add in my sign off as well. In a similar note anyway, was that we're, we're quite privileged to have this platform in general to speak out, to have people listen to us, um, to, to be asked to, to, to talk. Um, and there's a lot of people in our lives in everyone else's lives that don't have that platform. So I I encourage listeners and everyone to to listen to the people in your life, to to give them a voice. It's it it shouldn't have to be us telling people. You should you should be listening to the people that are talking. So again, it, it is a it is a matter of kindness and and being a little bit more self aware of the space that we take up and the space that we make for others. So uh, thank you for giving us this platform, but hopefully one day we won't need it.
2: Yeah. That's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Thank, thank you so much for talking about this. And I was wondering if we should end with projects or plugs yeah. that people have uh, that they're working on that they'd like to talk about. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Karen likes to go
6: first. Um. I am focused on becoming a registered psychologist. so right now that's my main area. Um, also some other personal things that are stopping me from creating my own private practice that will c- come in the next couple of years. But yeah, that's where my focus is is writing an exam. So that's <laughs> totally all and, valid. and trying to do the best every day at my job with adolescents. Um,
5: well, really exciting, because I'm a practicum student right now, so for all the, like, beautiful queer babies out there in the world who, like, need a little bit of mental health support and maybe don't have access because you don't have coverage to your work or you are um, facing some financial insecurity, um, QueerFlex, which is a gym which, you know, we recognize has, like, some trauma for folks coming to a gym, but... Um, I'm offering sliding scale counseling. I should actually say it's not sliding scale. It is pay what you can. So if you can pay no dollars, that's okay. Uh, Just go to queerflex.com and you can come see a student counselor and talk about your body or whatever else you want to talk about um, for absolutely no monies if that is what you need to do. So, um and like priority is given to queer people without employee assistance. So, uh, if you need some, if you need some, some chats, every second Monday, please, please come visit. That's Michelle. Oh yeah, that's Michelle. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
4: as Allison, I have, I have a number of things. I'm sorry to to bring up, but uh, basically, I uh, published a. book. Fat Activist Coloring Book a
3: couple years so ago.
4: Nice. Um, so you can find that. It's called Body Love, a Fat Activism Coloring Book at locally The Tickle Trunk off Woo-hoo. White Avenue. There's also a new LGBTQ store opening up in the old Futon location on yeah. on Calgary Trail called The Quilt Shop, so they'll be carrying it too. Um, and if you have to, we can support locally if possible but it is also available on Amazon Um, but also I run the Queer Youth Art Club at Aspect for youths age 14 to 24-ish I get to decide so Um, yeah that's free and if you like art and anybody wants to come join you can and also I'm the new artist in residence at Harcourt House and I will be doing a whole body of work about fatness and language so that will be throughout the next year Very excited.
3: Um, This is Lauren. (laughs) I didn't say my last name at the beginning, but my name is Lauren Groves. I'm a registered provisional psychologist, and I... uh I'm focusing a lot of my energy right now, like uh, Karen said, on on finishing up my exams and getting fully registered. Um, But my my passion is uh, my private practice, um, Ignite Counseling Counseling and Wellness Services on White Avenue. And um, I work with people, all people, on developing um, loving, kind, compassionate, trusting relationships with their bodies, whatever that looks like. Um, And um, developing ways of asking for what we need and recognizing what we need and, and really just normalizing the process of therapy and normalizing the process of having emotions and feeling things. And uh, yeah, that is
5: that is currently my life's work. And Lauren and I, like, beautifully, generously... Well, can I say that you work at the Tickle Trunk? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so Lauren and I also um, do sex-positive sex toy parties, like Tupperware, but cooler.
3: So much cooler. So much cooler. (laughs) So
5: if you want Lauren and I to come to your house and talk about dildos, uh, visit the Tickle Trunk's website, and we can do that, too. Yeah.
1: You just heard Lisa and Rozeva's interview with Lauren, Allison, Michelle, and Karen.
0: That was part two of their
1: conversation. Thank you very much to Rozeva and Lisa for their discussion on relationships with our body. And thanks to our guests, Lauren Groves,
0: Allison Tunis, Michelle Todd, and Karen Kirkpatrick. We've come to the end of this
1: week's episode of Adamant Eve.
3: Well, wait, 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 wait. We still have a few minutes left in this half hour, it's Lisa here jumping in real quick because when we have a little bit of time left over, it's a really good excuse for a Radio Eve segment. I learned about an awesome artist named Lizzo and she has just some fantastic music all
0: about feeling confident and sexy. So today we're going to share the song Good As Hell from her 2016 album Coconut Oil.
7: I do my hair toss, check my nails, baby, how you feelin'? Head toss, check my nails, baby, how you feelin'? Woo, child, tired of the bullshit, gone dust your shoulders off, keep it moving, yes, lord, trying to get some new shit, in there swimwear, going to the pool shit. Come now, come dry your eyes, you know you a star, you can touch the sky. I know that it's hard, but you have to try. If you need advice, let me simplify he We did you wrong, we can make it right
1: We've come to the end of this week's episode of Adamant Eve, Edmonton's Feminist News Program.
0: We produced this week's show in the studios of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in Amiskwachiwaskaigan, the traditional territory of the diverse Indigenous peoples of this land, including the Naheo, Nitsitape, Métis, Nakoda, Dene, Ojibwe, Soto, Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Inuit, and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community.
1: Adamant Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information
0: on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adamant Eve. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, please get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Michelle Dang.
1: And Christina Amiot.
7: Have a very adamant evening.